Here's what's coming up on this week's show. Success breeds success. So the small wins that you get in one business will fuel bigger wins in another. The Beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Manford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. I've got a question I need to ask you. Go on. Okay. When you have a phone call, yeah. are you the type of person that always has to get the last buy-in before you hang up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Why? Because you always end the, the calls with me first. You always get in there first and sometimes you do it and I'm still talking. And it's just your funny little game you keep doing. So I thought to myself, this time I'm going to hang up on you first. And then it made me think maybe this is like a situation that you carry right across to any forms of communication. We have this, uh, I've got to explain, we have this stupid thing that we do. Because obviously Claire and I have been doing this podcast now for, uh, what are we on, week uh, 18 now. Uh, so we've been recording it exclusively um, during COVID. So we haven't been in the same room to record it. Uh, so it's all on Zoom. We have a little bit of a talkback thing going on on Zoom. Um, and as a result, um, at some point, someone's got to end the call. And we have this, it's stupid, <laughs> banal. And it's like... it's like It a, is so childish, but it's funny. One of us has got to hang up the call before <laughs> the other one. And it's, it's stupid. Trust me, it is really stupid. <laughs> Uh, but actually funny and we can't stop doing it now <laughs> so I get so now you're kind of wondering whether I do that all the time yeah I thought maybe you do that on a phone call you know when you go bye 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 you know are you, are you the last <laughs> you get closer and closer to the end of the call <laughs> no you hang up first no you no you yeah. love you more I love you that sort of stuff is that what you mean exactly yeah it's like when you first you first meet somebody but isn't it a funny thing with Zoom I, I don't know whether you've noticed this when you're on a phone call you say bye you put the phone down right when you're on Zoom, you say bye, and then there's that there's there's that moment because you've got to you've got to fiddle around with the mouse, try and find the disconnect button. It's not quite as immediate as perhaps you want it to sit to be, but by that time you've already said goodbye. You know when you um you maybe you meet someone in the high street or something, you stop and have a chat, and you say oh bye bye, and then you walk in the same direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and there's that awkward oh yeah we're still oh, you're still here. <laughs> I think it's like it's like the digital equivalent of that. Yeah, but you know what? It's the Zoom freeze face. That's what I call it. Because if I'm on a call with several businesses, like 20 plus, I have my Zoom freeze face and that's what I call it. <laughs> so when I press end, I know there's a delay. So I have to stick to the same face. <laughs> so if you're smiling, you've got to keep smiling. I keep, keep the smile going smile yeah, until they go, boom, gone. Yeah. Uh, so each week uh, we have an industry expert on the show or an entrepreneur who shares loads of useful advice so you can take it away right now, use it right now and use it to grow your own business. And this week, Claire's doing the interview. What are we talking about this week, Claire? We're talking about the benefits of running multiple businesses. Oh, I love that because lots of people would tell you that you need to focus on one business and not have loads because if you juggle more balls, you're more likely to drop balls and stuff. But um, I can see a benefit to running lots of businesses. I've got two on the go and I think it's a great thing to do. Yeah, I do. I mean, I used to think not, to be honest, but actually when you think about it, you're diluting the risk um, across the, the, the board with your businesses. Um, and also I think it really supports, enhance you as a person with your own self-development. And uh, have we got someone good to talk to about this? We have Chris Travis. So Chris Travis is a property expert um, and runs uh, several businesses very successfully. Um, and yeah, he's really seeing the benefits and will be explaining to us about the benefits of running more than one business. This is the Big Little Business Show. Here we go. 
What do I start? So I guess with the topic being uh, benefits of multiple businesses, you can imagine quite busy, got quite a few plates that I'm spinning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do some consultancy and account management. Um, I have rental property. I also um, I'm embarking on property flipping and then I have another business that will be launching uh, in a few months. Oh my goodness, uh, I've lost count already. <laughs> my background is predominantly financial services. I've done account management, consultancy, uh, owned a few businesses, etc. Um, but at the minute, again, we talk about multiple income streams, but also uh, the development that you get out of it as well. Okay, so um, we'll have some people listening to uh, today's episode of the Big Little Business Show who maybe are have already started their businesses, um, who are looking to start businesses or maybe exploring the opportunity to add an additional uh, business to their portfolio. So... Why do you think this is such a positive way uh, to work, to run multiple businesses, Chris? What was your thoughts on that? I think first up, I'd say it's, it's definitely more than financial. It's about the growth of you as an individual. So I've kind of touched on obviously my areas of focus at the minute, but I would also extend and, and say that there's nothing special about me. Um, I don't have any unfair advantage. I don't have any more hours in the day or anything like that. So for anybody thinking that this is purely financial, you know, I can share some figures and stats on, on the benefits of multiple businesses, financial, et cetera, or secondary income streams. But what I would say is the growth that you're going to get, whatever way you do this, I talked about I'm spinning all these different plates, but what I would say is it, it forces you to improve in certain areas because you have no choice but to to move on, to grow. Yeah, this is... Uh... It's, it's, it's interesting hearing what you're saying about the personal growth element. Um, I'm, I mean, I must admit, for me, when somebody mentions about owning multiple businesses, my first thought is more cash, <laughs> you know, more cash. Um, and, you know, they say not put all, all, all your eggs into one basket. Um, but talking about the personal growth, um, I hear what you're saying with that, because we're not born business owners. We are not. Uh, we don't know how to run a business when we first start. So what was it about your experience in um, at the MLM world, the multi-level marketing? Do you think that offered you that the biggest personal growth that you've had because history in finances is very the financial industry is very different yeah i guess the, the, there's a few answers i could probably give to that question around which areas forced me to grow most or what were the, the biggest benefits what i would say is i, I believe in the power of proximity uh, i believe it was jim Rohn who said you are the average of the five people that you spend most of your time with what i would say is being around people who you know, I was a guy who was earning, I don't know, 35k a year, something like that. And I'm around people who are earning that a month. Being around the people who refuse to be average, who refuse to settle, people that start to make you believe that they're crazy, you know, the other half, how the other half live that crazy lifestyle is possible. Believe for me that the psychology of business is as important, if not more so, than the actions that you take on a day-to-day basis. And I think being around people who question you when you say, well, you know, if I could just earn 5,000 a month, that would be amazing. And they go, why just 5,000? And it completely reframes your outlook. I think above that, I I said there's probably a few things that I would say I I took from it. What I would say is, so my day-to-day job, holding um, conferences, you know, quality board meetings, all that type of thing, what I was doing in financial services, I had some exposure to speaking in front of people, but when somebody says, right, Chris, we're going to put you on a stage in front of 7,000 people, Mm. then you either grow, you either swim or you sink. 
Yeah, that's it. Well, it is that old stepping outside of your comfort zone, isn't it? Uh, we all, as individuals, will have our own areas of specialism, um, the places where maybe we feel more, feel more comfortable in business. Uh, but there's always going to be that time where you really, really have to stretch yourself. So um, going back to the multiple businesses then. So do you remember the time when you thought, actually, why don't I do something else alongside what I'm doing? Did you have a particular moment when you thought this could work? I could see the benefits of this? Yeah, I remember I was, I, I was going to say, I won't say my age, I'm 34 now. Um, I was 20. You're young. I'm a young pup, right? Um, but I was 22, 23. Um, and I was working in insurance at the time and I'd been fortunate enough to have been selected to go on some coaching. Now, the guy that was coaching, uh, I won't mention his name, but very successful guy, you know, built his own house, done really well for himself, et cetera. Uh, I know we charged huge sums of money for people to go on these courses. So I felt quite honored that I'd been selected by the director to go on to, to these courses. And I spoke to him and he, he really talked to me. He said, I can see your capabilities, the things that you're saying, et cetera, the way in which you approach things. And as I spoke to him about challenges, and that was everything from uh, in the day-to-day -day job, but also mental health-wise, et cetera, he talked about having uh, a secondary income and, and about looking at a business. So I was, only, I was only early 20s at that point. What I would say is I, I came unstuck. I didn't have an idea. So has anyone ever said to you, give me a fantastic idea and you just draw a blank? Yep. About five years later, that again, I mentioned that with Martin, I certainly don't want to spend um, our whole time talking about that. But just to give you an idea, that was my first exposure to actually getting a second income. And it was the same thing again about personal growth, not just the money, et cetera. Yes, the money was a huge attraction. And I just came across, a, you know, one of them cheesy posts on Facebook. You know, you can work with me and earn an absolute fortune. And I just thought, you know, what have I got to lose? I'm not happy in the job that I'm doing. What have I got to lose to message this lady? So I messaged her and I actually bought into her, and she's a very close friend now, bought into her more than the company, the industry, et cetera. We all start on a, the same playing field. Um, I just thought I'll just outwork everybody else. And after a quick bit of success, that give me some extra money. And then your belief starts to grow and it's a, you know, it's a bit of a, a spiral upwards, if you like. Yeah. So when you're talking about you brought into the person, that's that's actually quite a strong message, isn't it? That when we are opening our minds out to what opportunities are available, not only do we have to have an open mind and be be ready for change and unpredictability, but also you mentioned you brought into that particular individual. So how important do you think that is when uh, running a business? I, I think I, I nearly said it's everything. I think it is so important. Um, it, the, the reality is, let's be honest, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody likes me when they, you know, when they hear me speak, when they speak to me. Some people like me, some won't. Some will buy in, some won't. And that's the same with you as an individual. But what I would say is there are things that you can do that are going to win more people over than your alternative choice of action. There are some people that choose to, I call it chest puffing. You know, those people who stand up, puff the chest out, and I am the best, I am great, etc. Now, some people buy into that, but you also turn a lot of people off. Um, you know, if you're out there saying, I'm the best at what I do, everyone else is rubbish. You're creating a positional standpoint. If you have a more inclusive approach, more people will like you. And if more people like you, they're more likely to do business with you because people tend to do business with people they like and they trust. That's very true, very true. Yeah, uh, so the benefits to people if they were looking at 
starting another business what would you could you give maybe three examples as to why you feel it's beneficial for people to run multiple businesses and I actually was going to ask you about the time um, and how you have time to do everything but I'll come back to that one in a minute so yeah what, what have you got the top three tips really or things that you think is going to be useful for people to know yeah I would say probably the first one is you are forced to grow if you've got three different businesses that are very different, the people that you deal with in each of those businesses are going to communicate in very different ways or are likely to. So you have no choice but to learn that when I wear this hat, I must communicate in this way. When I wear this hat, I need to be more direct with that individual. Uh, secondly, and it probably leads on to the questions around time management, you have no choice but to be more organized. You can run one business being a little bit chaotic. You could probably get away with two businesses being somewhat chaotic, but the second you get into three or more businesses, you have no choice and you'll still make mistakes. And then finally, um, what I would say is the impact psychologically is incredible. You go from having these limiting beliefs to thinking, I'm not sure if I can do this, to entering a growth mindset. Success breeds success. So the small wins that you get in one business will fuel bigger wins in another. It is not there are downsides to doing uh, different businesses because you've got to spread yourself thinly, but there are so many positives. You know, people think, well, if I do that, it means I've got less hours on this. What I would say to you is, by winning in business one, you might actually shorten the time you need to win in business two because of that growth. Yes, that makes sense. So whereas if we have a bad day, if you're running one business, you have a really bad day, uh, it's shocking you're stuck in that moment and everything you're doing relies on you know, ultimately the outcome from, you know, that one individual business. So are you saying so that when you have more than one, when you have a good day with the others, it kind of offsets and then keeps you going, keeps your morale up when things don't go quite right? Absolutely. Uh, they, they kind of subsidize each other. I, I had an example a few weeks back where um, a business venture I was, and, and they don't, they're not always a success, a business venture I was meant to be going into, which I was really excited about. It was a, um, an opportunity to make a big difference to a lot of people whilst also um, earning a lot of money. The The plug was pulled on that on the Saturday. So I was a little disappointed about that. But then on the Tuesday, I found out that a dispute I'd had over a property had been resolved. And it was a big dispute that I was fighting for four or five months. So rather than having a down week all week because I'd missed out on you know tens of thousands of pounds and being able to help people, I had now just had another door opened in my other business that meant I could now pursue my next couple of rental properties. Yeah, that's a, that's a brilliant example. It's a roller coaster. We've talked about this before in previous episodes. You know, business is a roller coaster. The the good days can be amazing, the bad days can be catastrophic and it's about how we pick ourselves back up from those, you know, not so good days um and to keep going. And uh, that's a small space of time to go through that emotion really, isn't it? As well from the Saturday to the Tuesday, let's face it. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean what I would say is that the past never, you know, I say never sometimes it is, but it's really easy and it's never straightforward um but what i would say is it's not easy to be stuck in you know a position you're not happy in whether that be miserable in a job whether having less money than you feel you deserve or a big th- one for me was never realizing your full potential so if you're listening to this and you're thinking you know i'm happy in these areas of my life but there are things missing i.e fulfilling potential feeling that you're worth more etc that will compound over time your self-worth may may you know um may reduce there are different factors that can be impacted by these. You know, you, you ignore these. It's like ignoring, I don't know, termites in a house or something. Well, it doesn't happen a lot in the UK, but 
it becomes it's a small problem at one point, but eventually the cost is going to be much greater if you leave it, you know, not tended to. Yeah, when you said termites, I've just actually lifted my feet off my study floor. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> People who are listening may be thinking, I'm not maybe 100% happy with what I'm doing or I've lost my way, I've lost my direction. And, and ultimately, you know, the values behind what it is that I do, if they were to be thinking about setting up maybe a second business or investing, what would the first steps be, would you say, for them to be starting to think about and to look at? I'd probably start with understanding. It's hard to understand what you want to do, but it's easier to understand what you want it to give you. So I think understanding what you want it to give you is is imperative. That That must be step one. Um, there's, I remember I, I used to, there was a picture I screenshotted a while back and it said, make two lists, make a list of the things that make you happy and make a list of the things that you do. And then move from column one to column two, all things that make you happy, move more into what you do. Basically just saying, spend more time doing things that make you smile. Right. And we often lose sight of that. You know, it's important that we understand what we're doing things for. And that includes business. Oh, absolutely. And when, when you're passionate about what you do and you enjoy what you do, um, it just makes a, it makes a huge difference to the messages, really, that you're giving out to people because it never ceases to amaze me how people pick up, even now through coming out of lockdown. We have been we were talking about this earlier, Chris, weren't we, with Zoom um, and using technology much more than we used to. Even when doing that, people will pick up. They pick up with your body language. They pick up if you're not totally comfortable with what you're doing that then projects onto those people that you're talking to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think um, I forget the percentage, so someone will probably listen to this and correct me. It's something like 65% of your communication is body language or something. I think that people need to be aware of their mental state and how that impacts the things that they do. People saying, I want to set up another business, I'm going to do this, but not understanding what it's going to give them or what the reason is that they're doing it that the motivation fades let's be honest if people start the gym they do it for a few months and motivation fades motivation alone isn't enough to get people to success there needs to be you know for less of better words a why why you're actually pursuing that because that why will drag you through the tough patches because as i said before it's never straightforward and there will be some tough times so my first bit of advice for someone Go and set up another business. It would absolutely be understand why you do it. Absolutely. This takes me back to when lockdown began, actually. And uh, I really you know, stripped everything back and thought, why do I do what I do? My business now needs to change because the world has changed around me. So what can I do to fit in with that and to ensure that I keep going? Um, and yeah, I did. That's exactly what I did. I went right back to why do I do what I do, which is, you know, to help businesses move through uh, challenging times and become as successful as they can be. And uh, people needed it then and now more than ever. So um, totally, totally understand what you say with that one. And also, I just wanted to go back just before we touch on the compound effects. Um, you mentioned earlier about people maybe moving from businesses to businesses, but ultimately getting the same outcome. Why do you think that is? I think it's because they, they're focusing on the things that make them unhappy rather than things that will make them happy. And what I mean by that is someone's in a job and they say, I'm doing lots of hours, I don't get paid enough. And then they go into another job and go, oh, wow, I'm going to get an extra 5, 10K a year. And they do that. And that can be applied to business, but just an example is an employment. And they go and get an extra 10K a year, but they're doing even more hours. For the short term, that's fine because they're earning better money and they're happy. But six months down the line, they're going, I'm miserable again because I've got no time. Actually, what they should be looking at is going, okay, how do I get a 
get a better balance in terms of giving me more time. But what does more time allow me to do? It's more time with the children. So by focusing that way, then that should, it's never going to be completely avoidable, but it should allow them to make a better choice in terms of the next step. Does it serve that end purpose of giving more time? If it does, then you will know that you've made a very clear conscious choice. That's why you took that step, meaning that you are more likely to be content in what you're doing over a longer period of time. Yeah, I guess that goes back to the emotions again. When we do certain things and run businesses and choose that journey for us, how does that make us feel emotionally? I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's those emotions that get us through those challenging times? Yeah, although I believe emotions are important um, throughout life, but I'm a firm believer that you make your best decisions when you detach emotionally. What I would say is, so to give you an example, you get into uh, a heated discussion with your other half, you're arguing, emotions are high. How often do you make a snap decision? And then when you calm down later, go back and apologize and think I shouldn't have done that. So emotions don't always drive the best behaviors. So I believe in something called fact-based thinking. So fact-based thinking is where you look at the hear, see, and feel facts and remove the emotion. A good example is when I look at properties. There's a property around the corner from me and it's a beautiful house. It's up for around 130K, been on the market for a while. I could probably get it for 110, 115. However, it will only return me the same rental income of a property that I buy for 70, 80K. Now, acting on emotion, I would go and buy the one around the corner. It's much prettier. It's got a garage. It's a three bed. It's got a lovely big back garden. It's somewhere I would rather live. However, from a business point of view, why does it make sense for me to spend an extra 30, 40K to get the same rental income back? Yeah, that's a brilliant example. That's the, is it the heart ruling the head scenario? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Robert Kiyosaki talks about when you are going looking at a property, you almost want to go with your eyes shut. <laughs> and what he means by that is it should be about the numbers. What's this going to cost me at the beginning? What's it going to cost me? From an LT point of view, what's going to give me in terms of rental income? What's the cost to actually do it up? Is it in the right area for me to get someone in? All these different things. You could find a prettier house that's an extra 10, 20 grand, but how much longer would it take you to generate that 10, 20 grand in rental income to make up the difference? Yeah, yeah. I thoroughly recommend uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kaizak. is a great book. I've read that brilliant book. We've touched on this a couple of times, but now just to come back to the compound effect. What is the compound effects, Chris. Okay, so I'm going to contradict myself before I start. Um, I talked about uh, the people, most people want more time, etc. And, and I do what I do because I want more time. Now, some of you will say, well, Chris, you're contradicting yourself because you're spinning so many plates, you don't have any time. Well, that actually leads me nicely into the compound effect. The compound effect is about the things that you do on a day-to-day basis and the impact they have over a longer term. Now, an example that most people understand when I share the compound effect is if, for example, you had, you were, you were a triplet. So Claire, let's say you're a triplet, right? You've got two sisters. You're all identical. Goodness, help everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just going to say one of you's enough. But let's, <laughs> let's say there's three of you, Yeah. right? You change nothing. Your first sister decides to go to the gym every morning, five days a week. Your second sister, the third of the triplets, she decides that she's going to take up baking at home and do some home cooking. In a week's time, you will, all three of you, look exactly the same still. There'll be no real difference. 
in a month's time, there will be very little difference. Let's fast forward 12 months. You've changed nothing. The first sister has been eating well and hitting the gym. So after 12 months, you will see a physical difference in her appearance. Sister number two, the third of the triplets, she's been baking a lot at home, making lots of lovely muffins, cakes, etc. And obviously you don't want to go away, so you eat them most days too. That is the compound effect. In a week, there was no difference. But you were doing three very different things. In a month, there were very little difference, but you're doing three very different things. But 12 months down the line, that activity that you were doing every single day or weren't doing will show up. And that applies to the business, your personal life, every aspect of what you do. Where you are in 10 years' time will be a result of the decisions that you take on a daily basis. That's the compound effect. So the compound effect is really looking at, just to summarise, looking at the longer term and how although the amounts might not be huge, is when you start duplicating and adding these amounts up over a period of time. Uh, Absolutely. So people say to me, Chris, I'd love to get into property, but I can't afford a deposit. And I look at... And when they allow me to, I look at what their outgoings are, et cetera, and say, okay, here's your outgoings. So you've got Sky that is £70 a month. You've got a car that's costing you £400 a month, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, et cetera. And we go through all of this and I go, right, so actually let's look at what the necessities are. You've got a mortgage, you've got your bills, et cetera, but you're spending £800 a month on luxuries, effectively. And we start to free up a bit of money and they can then save £200 a month. Now, £200 a month, it feels like you will never, ever get to 12 properties, for example. But the compound effect applies because the more things that you do on a month-by-month basis to um, give you additional surplus cash means you will save more and more money. Or you might save the £200 a month and after 12 months you can pay off a credit card. Well, that payment now for the credit card of £50 a month, whatever, is no longer applicable, so you can now save £250 a month. That £250 a month might mean that you can clear the car finance or a loan meaning you've got an extra £400 a month on top of that. So you've now got £650 a month. That's, in a nutshell, the compound effect. One of the, one of the bits of advice I often give people is to have a long-term goal and a short-term focus. The thing, the thing you want to achieve in the future is about what you do today. Goodness, you've come out with some huge, huge advice um, and tips there for people. And um, it's been, I've made lots of notes. I've made a full page of notes, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. What, what, what's the other saying, Claire? Is it the sharpest of mind will never beat the bluntest of pencils? Something like that. No, always good to make. <laughs> I like that. I've, yes, I've heard of that before. Thank you. So, um, What I would like to do is, um, at the end of every interview, we ask the same questions, um, which are inspired by the US TV show Inside the Actors Studio. So they're just for a bit of fun, uh, just to help us get to know a little bit more about you, Chris. So what is your favourite smell? I would have to say, you know the red Christmas candles, like um, cinnamon spiced apple or whatever it is? Yes. Absolutely love that smell. That smell, I don't know if it's because of the nostalgia or whatever it is, the home feels more homely. It feels yeah. like someone's cooking something. You know, obviously, it might, it might make you a little bit more hungry, but I absolutely love that smell. I don't know what it is. I will have that in my house all year round if I can. <laughs> Brilliant. I wasn't expecting... I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting you to say that one, but that, that's cool. Um, and your favourite movie? Do you have a favourite movie? Uh, I feel like you're going to laugh at me to tell you this, so don't laugh. Okay, I promise. I won't laugh. I feel like you're already laughing. Uh, I... <laughs> 
Love Actually. Oh, that's a good film. <laughs> what? I mean, people are expecting me to say things like Training Day or something <laughs> like that. But no, I'm sorry, I, I, I rats my brains for a little bit when uh, someone yeah. asked me that question a while back and, and I, I just struggled to find something that puts a smile on my face more than love, actually. Why is that, love? Why, why is that, if you don't mind me asking? Do you know what? I think there is so much pessimism in the world, so much negativity. Mm. And it's important that we have a balanced view in life because if you go around thinking everything is sunshine and, ra- and rainbows, that you're going to come a crap, right? You're going to be disappointed. But... I just think there's so much negativity in a lot of films focus on the sad and things. And it's good to watch some horrors and things every now and again. But well, that's just such a feel-good film. There's so many little bits when the Prime Minister puts the President in his place and yeah. all those little things. And, you know, it's about people being happy. And Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's a lovely film. It's definitely something to watch around Christmas time. I, I try not to watch it other than that. But Yeah, yeah. Um, I bet you watch it every Saturday. <laughs> It's part, of my, it's part of my morning routine every morning before I start. I put love after <laughs> See, I, I didn't laugh at you though, did I? Come on, I didn't laugh at you. No, you did, you did quite well. You can, you can giggle afterwards. It's fine. I thought you were going to say something like Nemo or like uh, I don't, Aladdin, I don't know, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, do you know what? I like Aladdin. Um, now, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I would like him to put his arm around me and say, brother, what took you so long? I love that answer, Chris. That's really good. What took you so long? Brilliant. So thank you very much, uh, Chris. It's been a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you so much for all of your top tips and advice and guidance as to the benefits of running more than one business and multiple businesses and, of course, the compound effect as well. So um, really, really good stuff. So um, pleasure to interview you. How do people contact you if they'd like to find out more about what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. Um, first off, pleasure. I really appreciate your time and you know, always have to give some value to people, etc. So I appreciate you inviting me on. Um, people can find me on Facebook. It's probably the best way. Facebook.com forward slash Chris Trav, T-R-A-V. And that's only because Chris Travis was taken. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. Well, he came out with some great little sound bites there. I love, I wrote this down, actually, Claire. One of the things that he said during that interview, motivation alone isn't enough to get people to success. There needs to be a why. Understand the why you're doing it is so important because it helps to keep you motivated. He hit the nail mm. right on the head with that one. Yeah, he explained things so well, didn't he? It made so much sense, so much sense. And what, what I really liked as well was, for me, the first thought was more businesses, more cash. But actually, Chris looks at it like um, the more experience in developing yourself as an entrepreneur and as a business owner. I totally agree with that. And I could totally see where he was coming from. I was nodding my head away when I was listening to that part because I run two di- different businesses in very, very different areas, although there's a little bit of crossover. But it means that I have to talk to do two different sets of people. So my first business uh, deals with uh, the general public. And my second business, I'm more likely to talk to business owners or you know people who um, uh, are in high-level business. So therefore, the language you use and the way you talk to people is completely different. I, I totally got, got what he was saying about that. Yeah, and also, if you're having a really tough time in one aspect of your business or one of them, actually, it can be offset by having a great day in the other one. Yeah, and I found that during lockdown as well because one of my business re- businesses relied on face-to-face contact so I had to shift Mm. the way I thought about doing that one but whilst I was doing that and shifting 
I had the other business to sort of keep the revenue coming in. Mm. So definitely, that's a, it's, it's a real bonus. There are lots of really big advantages to running more than one business. Mm, absolutely. And I love that thing he was saying about the compound effect as well. And he explained that really, really well, didn't he? Uh, although I'm, I was a bit horrified at the thought of there being three of you. <laughs> I know, so was he. It would be very useful. <laughs> well, not useful is not the word I was thinking of. <gasps> Charming. <laughs> uh, Chris mentioned a few books while he was talking with you and a few authors and stuff. And what I thought would be really good on our page on our website, Website, uh, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk we always have a page for every single episode and we'll put a few links up there to some of the books that he referred to in that interview too because mm. I think they're interesting reading very much so so uh, we'd like to end the show every week with a big little shout out where we're uh, bigging up a small business that we've been talking to on social media over the last week or so giving them a little bit of a support and uh, uh, giving you their links so you can go and check them out so um, who are we bigging up this week Claire? I would like to big up Charlotte Doniger from Pink... Charlotte Doniger. 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 Doniger or Don- Doniger? Doniger. 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 Was... Doniger. Okay. D- D- you sure about D-O-N-I-G-E-R. that? Yeah, I would say Doniger. Let's go with Doniger. Go- it is now. <laughs> Charlotte, your name is now Doniger. We've decided. Anyway, carry on. So Charlotte Doniger from, um, is a business owner from Pink Spaghetti in Colchester. So they support small businesses to take some of the pressure off by offering them some support, some virtual support, so they can prioritise the things that need to be done in order to move their businesses forward. Oh, is this like a sort of virtual assistant thing? Yes, yeah, like PA services. Yeah, I think they're great. And that's such a great growing industry as well, isn't it? And I'm imagining that that's something that's grown even more this year because people are now working a lot more remotely. Yeah, definitely. And also, we have a tendency, I think, as business owners to do the things that we want to do as opposed to the things that we need to do. So this is where these guys can come in and actually do the things that maybe, you know, are not our favourite things to do, but equally need to be done properly. Yeah, oh, absolutely right. There's always things that you put off until the end. I've got a list of stuff that I need to do later on today. And I noticed just while we were having that conversation, there are things on that list that have been on that list now for a few days because I keep putting them off and doing my favourite bits. So maybe I need someone like Charlotte Doniger to do the rubbish bits for me. I would say so. Brilliant. I love that. So if you want us to give you a little bit of a shout out on the show and give you a bit of support and share your links. Oh, by the way, where can we find out about Charlotte? I need to ask that question. How can people find her? So LinkedIn, uh, Pink Spaghetti Colchester or www.pinkspaghetti.co.uk or pink-spaghetti.co.uk So if you want a shout out on the show want us to big you up come and find us on social media you can do that you can find us on Instagram at Big Little Business Show you can search for us on LinkedIn or on Facebook too where we're at facebook.com slash Big Little Business Show that pretty much wraps it up for this week whatever platform you're listening to us on uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you get future episodes directly into your inbox and go and check out some of the older ones too if you haven't done so already Uh, We've got another uh, 17 episodes behind this one uh, filled with all different topics that will help your business to grow. Go and have a look at that. And finally, the one important thing you can do for us is to give us a little bit of a uh, review because it helps us to big us up and push us up the charts in uh, podcast world. And that's it. Till next week, say goodbye, Claire. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumfords and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show.
The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production.